The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you along for the ride, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of the newly refurbished Carnival Magic. Uh, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, normally standing by with cruise news, but he bailed this week. He never answered my email back. So if you're friends with Stuart on Twitter, uh, shoot him a tweet and say, thanks for bailing on Cruise Radio, jerk. His Twitter handle is at CruiseGuy. Don't forget to follow us on Snapchat at Cruise Radio. Also, our Facebook group. Just type Cruise Radio News in Facebook. All right. So 2016 is going to be a huge year for the cruise industry. I haven't seen this kind of action in a long time. I've been doing this for like seven years, I think, uh, in June. Sherry Eisenberg is with Sherman's Travels. She's here to talk about 2016 new ships and cruise trends. Hi, Sherry. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Doug? Good. You got to be with me on this when I say that 2016 is a flipping huge year. It is. I mean, I have to say I've been covering cruising for 19 years, Mm -hmm. and I still think this is the biggest year I've seen for cruising. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, let's go right out of the gate and talk about some of the new ships we'll see in the next couple of months. Great. So Koningsdam is coming up in April, which is exciting. That's the new Holland America ship. And it's going to be sailing out of Port Everglades doing Caribbean cruising after this summer. And then we'll also have, uh, in a couple of weeks, Fathom is launching. Yep. Fathom is launching out of Miami and they're doing the north coast of Dominican Republic as well as Cuba cruises. So that's exciting. What are your thoughts on Cuba this year? I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. I think there's a lot of speculation and there's a lot of energy around, you know, what is it going to be like for Americans to cruise to Cuba? Mm -hmm. And we don't know. We haven't done it yet, but um, I'm doing it in late May or early June and I'm super excited. What are your thoughts on, I'm just curious because we did a show uh, about Fathom from New York City a few uh, months ago and there's a lot of pushback on people paying to cruise to go work. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it'll be really interesting to see how they execute the concept. I think the idea of cruise line with a community service bend is fascinating. And I do think that there are a lot of people who do want to make giving back part of their cruise. Mm-hmm. The question of whether how much of your sailing that ends up being, I think, is is the really interesting one. Do you end up feeling like it's like a habit, Habitat for Humanity type of right. trip where you're working the whole time? Or do you end up feeling like this is a vacation that has some giving back elements to it? And, though, you know, I, I think we won't really know till we get to do it. Yeah, totally. Uh, another big ship coming out in May is Harmony of the Seas. Yeah, absolutely. It's the new uh, Royal Caribbean ship, and it's sort of a merge of the Quantum class and the Oasis class, and the concept is the best of both classes. Mm-hmm. I did a hard hat tour on board in February, and I'm really excited to see what it's like. Although I have to say, I will not be doing the Ultimate Abyss, which is the <laughs> tallest <Yeah>. slide. <laughs> Will you be doing that one? No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> even though it's not a wet slide, it's a dry slide. I, yep. I don't think I want to be spiraling down 10 floors. 
No, and you walk out on this glass platform mm-hmm. to get onto the slide, and it feels like you're going to slide off the back of the ship, <laughs> and then it spirals back down 10 decks so that then you get back on. It looks terrifying to me. I, I think the furthest I'll go on a Royal Caribbean ship would, will be the um, indoor skydiving on the Quantum class ships. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what about the perfect storm? That's their trio yeah. of water slides where you can race people? I don't know. I, I like Fathom. I'll have to try it out and then let you know what I think about it because uh, right now it's not like a wow to me, but yeah. um, I think I could, once I try it, uh, be singing a different song. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, moving on here, last but not least, is the uh, most anticipated ship of 2016. Well, for a lot of the listeners, that is Carnival Vista. Yeah, I'm excited about doing Carnival Vista. I'm doing it in May. It's in the Mediterranean this summer, and then it's going to home port in Miami after that. And it's Carnival's first new ship in almost four years, and it's going to have lots of firsts for the line. It's going to have the first onboard microbrewery Mm -hmm. inside the Red Frog Pub, the first IMAX theater. It's going to have the line's biggest water park, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm also personally looking forward to the Seafood Shack. I always want more casual seafood venues on. Cruise ships. Well, you're up, uh, you're up in New York City, and I know the, the craft and micro brew scene is huge in the city there. What are your thoughts on this first onboard brewery on a cruise ship? I mean, I think it's a great concept. I think as as much as the lines can kind of evolve their food and beverage choices and make them reflect the trends that we see on land, they should. And and I, I know that I get excited about these things. When Norwegian came out with, you know, kind of a step up in, in a brew pub concept mm-hmm. on Escape, I was excited about that. And I'm excited about this, too. Let's uh, switch gears here and talk about some of the cruise trends we're going to see for 2016. Um, what are we seeing different in 2016 that we didn't really see in 2015? It's an interesting question. I mean, I think that these new ships all bring with them new features that are, you know, they're changing the landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think there's, you know, this continued increase in ships moving to the Asia market is fascinating. So Royal Caribbean is building Ovation of the Seas, and that is specifically designed for the China market. Norwegian is building a new ship that's specifically for the China market. And, uh, you know, mostly that's going to carry people who are based in Asia as opposed to people who are based in the U.S. Um, But I still think it's it's a fascinating aspect of the industry. These purpose-built Chinese ships, for someone who... Like, like as an American who wants to go try out one of these purpose-built ships like Norwegian Joy in a few years, will, will it be just a, a Chinese-based crew and everything over there on these ships? I think it will be, actually. Yeah. And, they're, and they're really revamping all of the offerings to mm-hmm. suit what the Chinese market is interested in. So I remember when Royal Caribbean brought Quantum over, there was a lot of talk about expanding the shopping aspect, expanding the casino aspect, um, changing the restaurant choices so that there were some uh, American food options, but that there were a lot more Asian food options. I believe they were turning Johnny Rockets into a noodle bar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there was talk about, you know, potentially doing dim sum on board. So just a different food product and, and a food food that's created for that market where the flavors are maybe stronger and maybe certain dishes are spicier. So I think it's exciting. How about that go-kart track on the back of Norwegian Joy? Isn't that crazy? Two, f- it looks two stories? <laughs> yeah, that looks like a lot of fun, doesn't it? It's, it's amazing. Uh, let, let's talk about where people are going in 2016 because uh, I, I know that everyone is, well, not everyone, but there's been a lot of like in the med and in Europe with, I hate to say the word terrorism, but a lot of that is going on and a lot of uh, state warnings being put out. So are people staying closer to home as far as cruising goes? 
I mean, I think it depends. Uh, you know, we know that the ships, most of the lines have pulled out of Turkey mm-hmm. for the season. And so I think that made some cruisers feel a lot better about doing med, knowing that they could do Eastern or Western med and that that wasn't going to be part of the itineraries after the um, volatility there. And, I, you know, I think every time we see a political unrest or those kinds of issues like we just saw in Belgium, like we saw in France before that, I do think travel to Europe in general, not just cruising, takes a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are plenty of people who don't want that to change their plans and who are continuing with business as usual. Yeah, I'm doing Europe, I think, twice in the next couple of months. So um, it's not stopping me. But, no, uh, it's not stopping me either. Yeah. I'm I'm in Europe for about five weeks this spring. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, um, and I'm I feel very comfortable with it. I'm uh, you know, I, to me, I'm just sort of going forward with my plans. Yeah, totally. In closing, here, I want to talk about some hot destinations uh, in 2016 that we're seeing because we have a lot of markets opening up and destinations opening up that we haven't seen years prior. Yeah, I mean, I think Cuba is the biggest news of 2016 in cruising and on land. Americans are really excited about the opportunity to go to Cuba, and the cruise lines are all clamoring to get there as soon as they possibly can. So Fathom, the new line from the Carnival Corporation that focuses on service, that they're going to be going into Cuba starting in, I think, late April, early May. And I think it's huge. It'll be huge to see what it's like to Cuba to uh, cruise to Cuba. And Americans are all very excited about the opportunity to get there. The phrase I keep hearing is before things change. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to be part of that first wave of travel to Cuba. AKA before Diamonds International gets there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, let's also touch on a couple of new destinations we're seeing, like uh, Amber Cove is new. And later on this year, we're going to see Norwegian's new destination, Harvest K. Yeah, I mean, and we saw the, the, the mock-ups recently, and they looked great. Um, I love that they're doing a giant swimming pool. I think that's such a, a great concept there. You know, and then the other thing that Fathom is doing is they're opening up some ports in northern Dominican Republic, which was a little bit away from where people have been cruising in DR before. So mm-hmm. that's nice, too. I got to say, I went to uh, – did you go to Amber Cove before? Have you been there yet? No, I haven't. No, that's a really, really cool destination. It's, it's kind of like – it reminds me a little bit of like Grand Turk. Okay. It's kind of just uh, you got the pool there. There's also a zip line there and some really, uh, really cool things there. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff happening in 2016. We've been talking with Sherry Eisenberg. She's the editorial director at Sherman's Cruise. If you want to check out Sherman's Cruise, link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net or just check out shermanscruise.com. Is that right, Sherry? Absolutely. All right. I nailed that. Thank you so much for being on the show, my dear. Thanks, Doug. I'll talk to you soon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio channel or go to itunes and search cruise radio follow us on twitter at cruise radio for over 42 years park west gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art here's what actual customers are saying i've been collecting with park west five six years now Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour. Take a beach break. 
or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling. Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Jeff just returned from a seven-night sailing aboard Carnival Magic out of Galveston, and uh, actually the first sailing after Carnival Magic's dry dock. And Jeff's on the line right now. What's up, Jeff? Not much. We just had a great cruise, and I wanted to come let your listeners know about it. Yeah, awesome. I can't wait to hear all about it. But before we actually get to the cruise, to Carnival Magic itself, let's take a step back and tell us what made you want to sail Carnival Magic? The past several years, we've been doing two cruises a year. We do one in the summer with the kids and uh, one around January with just me and my wife. And I decided this year to step up my game and do a third cruise for spring break. It was the kids' spring break that week. And... uh, I wanted to go out of Galveston. I didn't want to have to fly four people to Florida. Mm-hmm. And we've been on most of the ships that we have access to here in Texas. And I just felt that the Carnival Magic was the best suited one for the families with uh, some of the, like the sports square and some of the stuff they have that the other ships don't have. Yeah, for sure. Now, you're in the Dallas area. So how long of a drive is that from Dallas down to the port of Galveston? About five and a half hours. Gotcha. Okay. So you make your way to the cruise pier. How was embarkation for you at Carnival Magic? It was really good. They started doing a staggered boarding time, and we took the 1030 to 11 time. So we, even without faster the fun or anything, we just sailed right through everything. We actually had to wait about an hour to board because we got through the sign-in so quickly. Oh, very nice. So you make your way on board. Is this your first time on Carnival Magic? No, it's our second time okay, on Carnival cool. Magic. Well, and what was uh, what was your impressions this time around? Because you just came back from a uh, two-week dry dock, kind of a, a brand-new ship, I guess you could say, after dry dock. So what were your impressions when you boarded this time around? It's obvious that the, the dry dock was spent, like, you know, just adding the new features and all. Because mm-hmm. I was actually there with my two daughters and my parents, and some people made some comments about, you know, the carpet doesn't look, you know, it didn't look like other stuff was enhanced as much. It was just the, the new features were added. Gotcha. Now, uh, you make your way to your stateroom. What did you think of your stateroom? Uh, what kind of stateroom did you have? I had a balcony, and we put the girls in an inside right across from us. And what were your thoughts of the balcony as far as the balcony space and the space inside the cabin? I mean, it's, it's a good space for two people. We had previously put four people in there, and that was a little cramped, so... I made the decision starting last cruise that, that they're going to have some room from now on. <laughs> nice. Very cool. As far as like storage inside there and plugs and everything and the size of the bathroom, was that all good for you on Carnival Magic? Yeah, it was It was good. I mean, there's two outlets. So I, I had a power strip, but I never even really had to use it. And, you know, all of our suitcases fit under the bed, so they were out of the way. So, you know, I was pretty happy with the stateroom itself. Cool. Well, let's talk about the dining aboard Carnival Magic, because as we were uh, just talking about, the ship did just undergo Funship 2.0 in February. And with Funship 2.0 came the Guy's Burger Joint, the Blue Iguana Cantina, and, and a bunch of other features. So let's talk about dining. We'll start at the top at the uh, the Lido Deck Marketplace Buffet area, and then we'll work our way outside from there. So what were your thoughts of the buffet? 
I don't really like the buffet food that much. Mm-hmm. I think I only actually ate one meal in the buffet with all the other dining options available. Short and sweet. <laughs> we'll work our way outside then and talk about uh, everybody's favorite, Guy's Burger Joint. What do you think of the Guy's Burgers? I think that's right. Our crews that had Guy's, and mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, they're just they're just great. I love them. Uh, they're really good. You know, you got the fixin's barn. He's got like four different four to six varieties, one with the pig patty, mm-hmm. which is the patty of bacon. So it's Guy's Burgers. It's highly recommended. Totally. Uh, how how were the, the lines for you at Guy's Burger? Did it <clears throat> go pretty quick or was it a little, was it a little slow for you? It never was that long of a line and, and they, they moved the line really fast. So even if it was, it was never that long when we went, but it always moves real fast. I never really felt that that was a problem with, with Guy's Burgers. Cool. Let's flip to the other side and talk about the Blue Iguana Cantina. What were your thoughts over there? I like the Blue Iguana Cantina. I uh, ate there twice, I believe. And I um, I mean, it's like, you know, kind of like Chipotle almost, but I kind of like it a little more for some reason. Now, uh, I had the jalapeno tortilla for the first time, and that was pretty good. Nice. Very good. Now, uh, did you get to try the breakfast there at all? Not this sailing. I ate breakfast there almost every day when I went on Freedom last January, but I actually ate most of my sea day breakfasts. I did the sea day brunch on sea days, and then on port days, we just got up and and out too quickly and didn't eat breakfast. Just curious, because uh, on the Fun Ship 2.0 ships, the pizza place is no longer the Pizza Pirate. It's called Pizzeria del Capitano. Did you notice any difference by chance? There were huge lines for the pizza gotcha. place. I never ate the pizza. I mean, my wife stood in line, and she stood there for like 10 minutes and didn't move at all, and we gave up. Ah, okay. Um, my, do- my daughters did get it, but they got it late at night, and they liked it a lot. I guess everything's really good late at night anyways, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's, go yeah. Down, let's go down to the main dining room. So we'll start with uh, what time dining did you have? We did nighttime dining. Okay. And uh, how was that for you? Well, this was my first experience with American Table menus, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're better than the old menus. I, I mean, I didn't go hungry, and the food was plenty good, but I just don't think the options were as good as the older menus were. When you say you don't think the options were as good, did you think that the was there less of a selection at the American Table and American Feast than the old menus, or why was that? I mean, I can just speak from personal experience. Sure. It was like the the old when I used to go on a carnival cruise, I'd look at the entrees and I'd say, man, there are three or four entrees I really want to get tonight. I don't know what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And with the American table, it was like, well, here's one entree I want. I'm going to order it. So. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. I'm the same way. I'm kind of torn on the whole new menu system there with carnival as well. Uh, how about your favorite meal throughout the week in the main dining room? Well, I liked Ville Parmesan. So that was, that was one thing that the American table added that they didn't have before. So that's one plus on that on the American table menus. Let's switch gears here and talk about the entertainment aboard Carnival Magic. What did you think of it? I thought the production shows were just kind of average. We had like a magician and a juggler and then like some singing, dancing show. And I just thought they were kind of average. Did you get to check out uh, any of the comedians at all? We didn't make it. No, we did not this time around. Gotcha. Very nice. How about any of the, I don't know, the karaoke or anything around the ship or how any kind of music around the ship or outside catch your ear? Yeah, we went several nights. We went to the piano bar. Mm -hmm. And one thing that jumped out at me, we normally avoid the piano bar because it's normally full of smoke. Mm -hmm. And there was no smoking in the piano bar this time around. 
Uh, we also went and listened to guitar music in the Red Frog Pub. We liked that a lot. Another surprise for me was that Carnival did the quest on this uh, sailing. I thought that was a real Caribbean exclusive, so I was surprised to see that there. Was it? Yeah, yeah, because I've, I've played Quest on Royal Caribbean numerous times, never on Carnival. Was it, was it about the same type of game, the risque adult scavenger hunt type thing? Yeah, it was very risque, just like Royal Caribbean. The biggest difference was people didn't really know about it, so it was not like when I went to Royal Caribbean, it was standing room only. Mm-hmm. And this, we had eight eight teams with 10 to 12 people each. So whereas when I went to Royal Caribbean, it was probably pretty much spectator only. Mm-hmm. Everyone there was really involved in the game. So that made it a lot of fun. I went, cool. I went just thinking I was going to watch, and I was the chief participant. Oh my, I, I have pictures of me playing Quest on Royal Caribbean that I never once surfaced in a million years. It would probably ruin my career with the lipstick and the high <laughs> heels and everything. Don't want any of that. I, I'm right there. <laughs> There's some pictures of me just like that. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm not alone. Very nice. Well, let's switch gears then and talk about sea days because one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves at sea as far as the public spaces, both inside and out by the pool and all that. So how was the sea day experience aboard Carnival Magic? Well, one disappointment for us is that they had the Serenity area closed the first two days. We were, this being a spring break cruise, we were told there were over a thousand kids on it. So we were planning on camping out in Serenity during the sea days, and that was closed the first two days. And then the third day it was open, but they didn't have any bar service or anything there. So we did on deck 11, though, which is the deck above the pool. If you go back a little, there were several recliners. We didn't have a hard time getting a chair. Did they say why the Serenity was closed? Was it a post-dry dock thing? I think they said because of wind. Oh, gotcha. That makes it, sense. Di- it didn't seem... They were painting one side of it, but the other side should have been should have been available. Right. But yeah. it was very windy. Gotcha. Let's talk about the ports on this seven-night sailing. What cruise ports did you hit? We went to Jamaica, Cayman, then uh, Cozumel. Gotcha. And which one was your favorite? Probably Cozumel. Mm-hmm. I've been there a lot of times, and that's one of my favorite parts. Gotcha. Did y'all do any excursions or just kind of do do things on your own? We went to all-inclusives in Jamaica and Cozumel, and then in Cayman, we just went uh, snorkeling at Eden Rock, which is walking distance of the ship. Did you do the sandals all-inclusive in Jamaica? In Jamaica, we did Sunscape Splash, okay, which is part of AM Resort, mm-hmm. and it was a little disappointing. It's, it's a little run down. And I had taken my whole family to that one, and my parents, based on that, we were actually did Sunscape Sabor in Cozumel, and my parents decided to stay on the ship because they didn't really care for the Sunscape. Oh, but wow. the Cozumel Sunscape was so much better. Oh, cool. I mean, it's a place that I would go back and visit. It, I would highly recommend that resort. It's very nice. And uh, about how much a day is that per person? I think it's like 79 a day per person. And that's all you can eat and drink? Yes, Okay. It is. And as far as transportation, getting the, uh, at the Jamaica location from the cruise ship to the resort, how like did you take a taxi or was there a service provided, like a shuttle? Yeah, a taxi would pay, uh, it was $5 per person. Oh, that's not bad at all. It was very close. Yeah, yeah. it was really close. Cool. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll kind of just talk about your first-time tips here. Uh, actually, before we talk about first-time tips, let's back up and talk about you get back to the port of Galveston. We always hear that disembarkation can be a mixed bag at Galveston. So how was disembarkation for you and your family on this trip? Well, I've never done the self-assist before. We've okay. been on 18 cruises, and I've never done it. And we chose 
to do it this time around, and it went so smoothly. Cool. Um, I walked right right up to a customs agent with no line and was out of the terminal so quickly. I was surprised how easy it went. And uh, did, they, did Galveston have the passport line and the birth certificate line set up as well? Yes. Unfortunately, one of our daughters had the birth certificate, so we had to go to the birth certificate line. But there was, yeah, when we got there, we were one of the early board groups for self-assist. There was no line. We walked right up to the customs agent. Oh, awesome. And here's a, here's a tip. Mm-hmm. Don't put $0 on your customs declaration form because they will really question you quite a bit when you do that. <laughs> we, since we spent all the day at the AI and, and diving, we didn't ever buy anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he really gave me the third degree. I've never been asked that many questions before. Wow, that's that's interesting. Uh, one thing I want to mention before we actually close the interview out here, I know you told me you you purchased the enhanced cheers package on this sailing. How was that for you? You know, one of the reasons we decided to go ahead and get it is the Alchemy Bar. Mm-hmm. The drinks there are nine ninety five each, so we really like that bar. We actually, the bartender there, we knew from the Freedom, and she remembered us, so that was pretty cool. I mean, if you're getting, you know, it's five to, if you're hitting our alchemy bar every night, it's just five or six drinks to break even. Mm-hmm. Then new enhancements. I mean, for me, the whole drink up to $49 thing didn't really come into play. There was only one drink I ever got that was ten ninety five. So mm-hmm. it, it probably like if you're a wine drinker, I don't, I didn't really look at the wine selection, but that might be where that comes into play more. Uh-huh. And my wife really liked them adding the bottled water. So it sounds to me like if you're a just a beer drinker, that could really just be you – know, it's a lot of beers, but probably a heck of a headache the next day. But if, you, like you said, you were going like an alchemy bar drinker where it is 9 to $11 a drink, you know, have five or six drinks and call it a day, you're good, right? Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. And for me, one of the things is just not having to worry about it. You yeah, know, totally. It's, it's already prepaid, and then, you know, you don't feel like every time the check comes, oh, darn, I just spent more money. Right, you yeah. Know, it's, all, it's one less hassle on the vacation. Absolutely. Uh, well, in closing here, final thoughts of Carnival Magic. I think it's a really good ship. I think Carnival did a great job with the dry dock. The week before we left, one of the major cruise websites put out a thing about when not to sail, and they said don't sail after dry dock because nothing will be finished. Mm-hmm. And it's, I could, everything was finished. I mean, <laughs> There was, if you didn't know they had just dry docked, you wouldn't know because everything was ready to go. And and I was really impressed with the job they did. Very good. We've been talking with Jeff. Him and his family just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Magic, the newly dry docked Carnival Magic with Funship 2.0. Jeff, my friend, thanks so much for being on the show and have a great evening. Thank you, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida.
Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.